Welcome to uh, From the Field to the Fans. Uh, I'm your host, Keeson Ramirez, and joining me, first time, Jose Campos, sports reporter. How you been, man? I've been pretty good. Had school today. Uh, pretty busy. Just had to wake up early. That was a big challenge for me. Not what time did you wake up? Had to wake up about 6. It was pretty 8 a.m. or something? I had a 9 a.m., but I'm pretty lazy dedication. when it comes to doing that. That's dedication. not really dedication. What do you do for three hours? You're just like... Well, no, it just takes me a while to get. I hit the snooze button like twice. That takes another 30 minutes. Then I shower. Then I got to drive from Austin to San Marcos. So ah, that's gotcha. mainly why I wake up at 6. Gotcha. Well, a team that's going to have to, I guess, wake up early and start well would be uh, the Texas State volleyball team. And that's a team that we're going to be previewing for this entire podcast. We have Jose Campos, our uh, volleyball, one of our volleyball beat reporters uh, covering volleyball. Season starts August 28th, um, TCU Invitational. Um, and you look at the team, you wrote about it, Coach Chisholm talked about it. They are inexperienced. Yes, yes, they are. They only have two returning seniors, which would be Ali uh, Hubisak and Sierra Smith. And everyone else on the team is either a junior or a sophomore, and I think they have three freshmen on the team as well. She said in a quote, 11 newcomers who have, quote, never put on a Bobcat jersey before. She went on to say how that is kind of worrisome from a leadership standpoint, from a, an experience standpoint. It's always kind of a thing that you can't quantify how much that matters, like having that Tim Duncan, that Paul Pierce, that Dirk Nowitzki, that stabilizing force as a leader. You can't quantify that, but you know, you look at basketball teams, you look at football teams, you look at volleyball teams, it matters a lot. Yes, there needs to be someone who's vocal on that team. Yeah, and I don't know who that will be, and I think it'll, someone will resurface. There's always, you can't just be quiet the whole time. Um, but I don't know. Do you think that's a problem as, as anything? Well, I mean, I think with any team, it's going to be a problem because without a veteran leader on that team, if things start to go bad, like say they start off with some losses early in the season, then – they're going to need someone who can pull them together, tell them, hey, things are going to be all right. Just keep pushing through. But other than that, I mean, she says some of the juniors will try to step up, and she hopes some of them will. And she hopes maybe some of the other sophomores will too. Jordan Cole, the freshman player, SBC player of the year, and who was named to the preseason team for the all-SBC team, I mean, she could probably step up too and help them out. I like how you mentioned Jordan Cole because the strength of this team, experience, whatever, they might not have it, but – I think the certain definable trait of this team, they have a deep amount of hitters that can like score, uh, score the volleyball. I know that's not a volleyball term. They don't score the volleyball, but yeah. they can score points. And they have Jordan Cole, like you said, freshman Sunbelt Conference uh, Player of the Year, uh, who made the Sunbelt Conference preseason team. Um, you have Keely Davis, Lauren Kirch, Kelsey Wine, and Shelby Vassmet. Where they lack in experience, they have in people who can, you know dominate so I mean that's something that at least that coach Chisholm can look at and be happy with yeah because five of those players they were like the top scorers from last year's team and they have they all have good hitting percentages as well so they're not lacking anything when it comes to scoring and their offensive capabilities they're pretty set I feel for for context uh the five hitters that I met the top five they had 1,245 kills between them 1,245 kills. The entire team had 1,808. So breaking it down, I like numbers, as you as you know. 68% of their kills last year were from just these five people. So that's a huge amount of continuity, consistency that they'll have. They're all returning. They're all under seniors. Lauren Kirch is a mm -hmm. sophomore. Jordan Cole is a sophomore. Uh, Keely Davis, I think, is a junior. Shelby yes. Vassman's a junior. Uh, Kelsey Winans a junior. That's They have that, and that's I think that's – 
good because this team, if you look at them, they average, they were second in the conference in kills per set. They averaged 13.7, um, and that's something that you look at. Sure, they may not have the experience. Sure, they kind of lack in some other guards, but they have something that most teams don't. They have the firepower to keep up yeah. with the other teams. Which I think it helps, you know? Um, but the thing that I look at that's kind of concerning, aside from the leadership thing, who's going to be their setter? Like, that's kind of be – I, I yeah. don't know if that's a big thing, but that's something I looked at. I was like, who's going to – pass the ball and do things. Yeah, the three main setters they have from last year's team, uh, Jordan Moore, Ali Gonzalez, and Kaylin Mahoney, they're all gone. And the only other person with experience left after that was Sierra Smith, who only served it, or only said it about 123 times. So other than her, there's no one else on that team that has anywhere near as much experience as the three that left. So they're going to need to find someone – or more than one person probably who can set the ball well and for texas state having a setter is more important than other teams last year again they were second in the conference in uh, assists per set 13 around the same amount of kills and this is a team that operates in the sense that they need a dominant setter to set up these five hitters that they have or at least five six seven hitters so some teams can kind of get by without a setter that can do it but jordan moore had 691 assists between her Allie Gonzalez had 500, 499. Kayla Maloney had 291, and she missed a lot of time. So you look at it, more numbers. They had 1,400 assists between them. Like 86% of their assists were three people. That's like a concerning trend because it'd be cool if they were back. It'd be like, you know what? Two of their returning. One, but all three are gone. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's also another part with the experience because the lack of experience that she was mentioning. With those three gone, there's it's going to be a – a challenge for a while to find someone who can set up and start the opportunities for the team and you look at it who i like this term i mean it's kind of cliche but x factors in sports players that can kind of swing the pendulum of a game change the outcome who would you say it's early i know is like kind of the player to look out the x factor for this team not the kind of star player but an x factor that could change the pace i feel like if you're looking at that i feel the obvious answer would probably be jordan cole just because of the accomplishments she made last year for me personally i think lauren kirch could be an x factor she was the top scorer for the team underrated she, a little bit cause yeah like i was like oh because she's kirch a sophomore as well yeah yeah they're both the same and she had she had for a hundred more kills yeah she's very good player she can really help them score provide the offense and she's good I think another X factor for me possibly though could be Teresa Reyna, a freshman coming who's coming in uh, from like uh, Incarnate Word High School. Uh, in her senior year in high school, she was named All District and All State for volleyball. So seeing how if Going she does, deep, yeah, like if she does well in practice, <laughs> if she does well in practice, she could possibly find herself on the starting team. For me, I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna go back to the whole setter point. The X factor. I'm not gonna name any particular. Is whoever is the setter. I don't know who it is, whether it's Sierra Smith, whether it's Ali Hubisak, whether it's Aaron Hope, Alex Silver, me, anyone, Tim Duncan, I don't care. Whoever sets is going to be really important because they have two to three spots available in the rotation to devote to that setter. I mean, they don't really have a lot of room for two, you know, they usually they had one or two that can kind of just change the pace. And like, I don't know as much volleyball as I do the other sports, admittedly, but I've learned enough over the last three years to know that setters are equivalent to like a Chris Paul, a guy who can doesn't score 25 points, 30 points a game like Kevin Durant and LeBron or Kobe, but he's the one that influences every single possession with his passing, with his like gravity. And I think a, a setter is similar in that regard. Like, yes, they pile up the assists, but they don't do a lot of the other like spiking and all the things you notice when you watch a game. Like if you watch a game, you don't notice that a setter even exists. Not the flashy ones. Yeah, like I, I some, when I've watched a couple games, I've 
I don't focus on the setter because I just look at the ball in the air and I wait for someone to hit it down in the net and that's the next play. I kind of feel like it's underappreciated the value of a setter that can you know do that because it's kind of hard to subsume your int your personal goals for the good of the team because they're really not doing like the flashy work or the things that get you noticed like by fans. So I think yeah. whoever sets Sierra Smith, Ali Hubasak, whoever that is, that's going to be the X factor. And the thing I found interesting in your season preview, which is running uh, Tuesday online, it, Coach Chisholm said, we don't have a set start, I'll quote, we have not set a starting team yet. We look at the stats from the day before. Whoever got the best stats in the two outside hitting positions, the best two middles, that's who we're starting that day. We're making the kids earn anything they get. I look for that to continue. I don't really think she has a solid, consistent rotation. I think she's willing, because you look at it, Jordan Cole, she didn't play the first couple eight, ten games where she wasn't having that defined role. And then you look at the last ten games, she was the dominant hitter. So I think Chisholm's, like, flexible in the sense that she can go about it different ways. So yeah. I look for that to continue. Like, I'm pretty sure they probably won't have an official starting five until the TCU game on Friday. And even then it could change yeah. by, like, by, like, November. It just depends on how the season goes for them. Yeah. If they Like, the same thing with setter. If they can't find a setter, they might change that constantly. If they feel like a different lineup is needed, they may change the lineup. It just really just depends on how she feels about the team at the moment. And look at it. We talked about the team, but where do they stand in the conference? What We're going to look at that right now. The Sunbelt Conference is kind of wide open in a sense, but the Sunbelt Conference preseason poll was released about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and Texas State was second behind Arkansas Little Rock. They had 108 points, uh, three first-place votes. So Arkansas State was third, Appalachian State was fourth, uh, UT Arlington was fifth. Where did the Bobcats stand in the conference? I think it was no surprise that Little, the University of Little Rock, Arkansas, was first. I mean, they did go undefeated in conference, and they, they did beat Texas State in the championship. So I think there was no surprise from anyone that they were number one. It's kind of close, though. Six-point gap is kind of indicative of how close Texas State is, I feel. That's true. Um, Arkansas State, too. I mean, they did take a game off us in the conference tournament. I mean, I'm sorry, but Little Rock did beat us, but Arkansas State also did put up a fight. It wasn't like we just – coasted into the championship yeah. game like that. As for the other schools, I mean, UT Arlington, Appalachian State, they both made the tournament as well. Um, it's, like you said, it's just a wide open conference right now. Arkansas Little Rock is just flat out dominant. They beat Texas State three times last year in all three meetings in 10 sets. Three sets, three sets, four sets. Texas State won one set out of 10 against Arkansas Little Rock. That was the second place team in the conference. They met in the conference championship and Arkansas Little Rock beat them. I think Arkansas, if I'm not correct, if I remember correctly, Arkansas Little Rock won a game in the NCAA tournament. This is like a team that is just on another platform. So I feel like the way it stacks up, wide open after Arkansas Little Rock. You have Arkansas Little Rock, and you have Texas State in the second tier, Arkansas State in the second tier, App State, maybe UTA if you're being generous. And then it's just like to Monroe, you know? Yeah. Like it, it's pretty, and it questions the value of preseason polls. I don't know how much it is. I wrote a column about baseball, a preseason poll, but do you think it matters like preseason polls? I mean, how much do we really know before the games are played? Well, like Coach Chisholm said about it, she feels that the polls were really just for the media and for the public. She doesn't really pay attention to them all that much. She feels that they're just there so people have something to talk about when they're discussing it, like we are now, <laughs> just when we're discussing it. Thank you, Sunbelt Conference, for giving us something to talk about for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Like you said, like she said, we went over it. We talked about who was picked first. We talked about who was picked last. And then she had him tear it all up because it means, quote, absolutely nothing. Hot sports take, hashtag hot sports take from Coach Karen Chisholm. Uh, maybe lukewarm hot. Maybe it's kind of middling hot because, I mean, like I kind of see where she's coming from. Preseason poll is kind of based on last year's standings. And you look at it, standings change 
drastically. You don't know. Texas State, for all the intents and purposes, could be sixth, you know, second place. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but it could. Um, the interesting thing, also the preseason Sun Belt uh, Conference teams were announced. Jordan Cole, only Texas State player to make it. Um, she averaged 2.49 kills per set, but the last 11 games, she averaged 3.3. And for context, that was seventh in the conference if she would have played the whole year. So Jordan Cole already one of the best hitters in the conference if she sustains that pace. So expectations for the season. You saw the preseason poll. You've kind of talked to Chisholm a couple times. What are your expectations for this season? I think they're going to start taking it just slow at first. I mean, still, they don't have a set lineup yet. There's still so many questions on the team. Who will be the setter? How, like what their lineup is just going to be just in general, even for TCU. And for her, she feels more that until conference starts, everything else before this, it's important. It's a game. They still want to go out and win. But when conference appear, or conference starts, that's when she'll start looking at it more deeply and start taking things even more looking in, into it. I think expectations for me, conference championship. They won it two years ago, made it to the conference championship and lost. That's the expectation that the team has set for themselves anything less like i said in soccer i'll say this a lot anything less than a conference championship is usually a barometer for non-success if you will um i think they can do it um if arkansas little rock can be knocked off by someone i don't know if texas state didn't fare so well in that I, no one did um against the other teams though three and zero against arkansas state one and one versus app state one and one versus uta there's there's i think they're in that tier where i think they can beat them on a given nine if they get some get some luck arkansas little rock loses early in the tournament it's there for the taking so i think anything less than a conference championship and you're looking at coaches and being very unhappy um but that's about everything but jose before we close the show do you have any final thoughts i guess my final thoughts would be that like you said their goal mainly is to be the conference championship i feel they can do it they have the hitters like we talked about yeah. they have the firepower they have everything they need it's just the lack of a setter is maybe the one thing that they that may hold them back and like you said with little rock no one beat them they're clearly, like you said, they're just above everybody. But if someone can, it should be Texas State. My final thought is, uh, I guess, they're hungry. Um, mostly because I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in, like, eight hours, and I want some Taco Bell. Um, but they're hungry. They won a conference championship. They made it to the, the mountaintop two years ago and got it, made it to the same route and didn't. The hunger's there. Some of these players have made it and know what it feels like, so I think they want to replicate that and not fall short to Arkansas Little Rock. So just be hungry and realize that you can't take anything for granted. So that'd be my final thought. So that's our show for today. For Jose Campos, um, I'm Kisa Ramirez. Peace out. Thank you.